You're listening to G4D, Grounds for Discussion, a weekly music podcast hosted by your two most caffeinated hosts, Adam and John. So sit back, relax, pour yourself a cup of coffee, and enjoy the following episode. It's been one week since we got to record. <laughs> Back to regular uploads on schedule. Uh, you got any more? I thought you were going to oh. keep on going there. Hold it now and watch the hoodwink. Is making something. You think you're looking at that? I'll come back. I saw fish to the dish of the one like the sally switch or like the sushi because I never touched the frying pan. <laughs> uh, it, there's one joke that I feel like never gets old with you. It's that. It's you and your love. For one week. Didn't learn the whole thing for nothing. <laughs> Have you done it at a karaoke yet? No, I haven't. Oh, you need to. It needs to happen. It needs to happen. Much rather listen to that than another version of what is it from the, the Piano Bradley Cooper. Man. <laughs> that, but Bohemian Rhapsody is another one that a lot of people, for whatever reason, think they could do. But now everybody's doing the song from that Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper movie, A Star is Born. There we go. Oh, he's talking about Shallow? Yes. Tell me something, girl. Did you see the news article that came out over the weekend of Lady Gaga crashing Fred Durst's jazz show? Wait, what? And she played some covers? You didn't whoa, see whoa, this? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a lot unraveling in this sentence yes, here. There let's, is. let's start with the beginning. Fred Durst. Jazz show. Let's yes. let's pick apart that piece first. What's what's going on there? <coughs> Yo, MFF is ready for some Duke Ellington. Yeah. Yo, DJ Lethal. Free jazz. <laughs> yes, you 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 heard that correctly. I thought it was a joke at first when I saw it too. But look it up. It's a real thing. What does he play? Is he is he like a DJ or is he like? So you pull out like a saxophone and just like. Uh, not, now you're asking too much of me. Anoki <laughs> Supreme! Anoki Supreme! <laughs> you know, Yo. I, I kind of want someone to make a mixtape of that. Fred now. Durst and the Bitches Brew. <laughs> oh, this is no. jazz trio. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah. All right. So I'm pulling it up now. This comes from Consequence of Sound. Okay. And. So pretty much every Thursday night, Limp Bizkit frontman Fred Durst organizes a live jazz night at Los Angeles's Black Rabbit Rose venue. Oh my God, this is weekly. Yes. Holy crap. However, Lady Gaga, she stopped by for a surprise set. Well, okay. All right. So let me unpack this here. Fred Durst does yes. jazz night every mm-hmm. Thursday night in LA. Yes. <laughs> he curates a jazz night. Yes. <laughs> and Lady Gaga came on and did such songs as Call Me Irresponsible, you know, just kind of jazz standards there. So, yeah. Shout out to my homes, Fred Durst, for bringing me on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that, that kind of made my weekend, to be quite honest with you. Did, did you now, the headline is, did she crashed it or did she save it? <laughs> If I'm ever in L.A., I need to go see Fred Durst Jazz Night. <laughs> <laughs> I am very curious of what this entails. 
Uh, yes, yes, you do. Yes. Surprised Jeff Goldblum didn't invite him on for an album. Uh, you see, here, here we go. I, my friend here, he's an amazing musician. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think of this normally of someone this caliber, but excellent part. Fred, Fred, will you, would you come out, Fred? Fred. Yeah. <laughs> what up, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> Who likes my hat? <laughs> now, you know, some, now, you're you're a fan of the the jazz as well. <laughs> That's right, uh, MF. Source of rumors underrated. <laughs> God, I need to see you, this. You're, you're almost at the Zach De La Roca <laughs> voice. All right. You're fast approaching. Zach it. De La Roca does a bossa nova night, you know, in <laughs> oh. Palm Beach. Who knows? Come on. The girl from. Impa Nima! Oh! <laughs> uh, good stuff. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Welcome to another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Wow. Way to sell us there. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. You came in a little late there, though. What happened there, buddy? I didn't know we were... We were uh, doing the Lady Gaga noises on our intro here. But no, yes, we are back. If I was going to do Lady Gaga, I'd be like, G, G, G4D, G, G, G4D, grounds for discussion. Ooh. Right? No? no? I wasn't. I think like we could we could workshop that a little bit. Oh, sorry. Subscribe to us. Subscribe to us. There you go. G4D. <laughs> I want reviews, I want discussions, and your coffee. So the much more clever and witty co-host sitting right across from me, Adam, how you doing, buddy? John, I'm great. We're back. Yes. We finally are here talking about not one, but two albums for you guys. Mm-hmm. Flight of the Concords, Live in London, and Helado Negros. This is how you smile. That's right. I have a big <laughs> smile on my face because I'm so happy to review it. Yes, we, we got to catch up a little bit. Sorry, yeah. everybody, for the delay and proceedings. We'll try to do some extra stuffs for you. Yeah, yeah, stuffs. Yeah. <laughs> Not just one stuff, but multiple In honor stuffs. of St. Patrick's Day, which was yesterday, we will, John and I are going to review every single Floggy Molly album. Oh, please, no. <laughs> Don't make me do it. Uh, I'm going to quit the podcast. And to help happens. us get through that daring task, we are drinking a delicious blend of Trader Joe's coffee today. Mm, I need to smell the beans again. Yeah. I love it when you bring the beans over to the table. Mm. Mm. Which blend is this again? Oh, man. I think this is... You've got so many blends now, bro. Oh, my God. You're, you're just out of control. This guy has a whole, I kid you not, whole cabinet devoted to coffee i sure do got my tools and gadgets and i definitely need more beans i need to hit up a coffee shop soon i, I don't know why i said uh devoted like that i said devoted devoted hey <laughs> devoted to the jazz <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I i love this coffee this is really really good oh my stuff. god you know it'd be great I want J.K. Simmons to sit in on a Fred Durst jazz night and just oh be like, gosh. "Jake, and like, Fred, are you rushing or dragging? <laughs> don't tell me I'm free form." <laughs> I don't know why Fred Durst sounds like Zach Delaroca still, but you know, <laughs> I, you know, I totally had forgotten to. Everybody knows the Faith cover that he did with Limp Bizkit, but did you know he did a cover of 
was it these blue eyes you're thinking behind blue eyes by behind the, the yeah, yeah sorry there we go yep that is a thing that happened mm-hmm. and then Halle Berry was in the music video for that oof yes yes she's made a lot of cr- smart career choices after winning an Oscar yep Catwoman yeah oh boy I actually tried watching a little bit of that one time it is you know how like when you see something so bad you're really fascinated by how bad it is. Like, if a bad movie just goes all out, just falls to the wall like craziness, it it's almost that much more entertaining. You mean you didn't like the part where she became a cat and ate tuna out of a can like a cat, like a <laughs> mad person? How would you not like that classic piece of cinema? I forgot, because I think Daredevil... Like the Ben Affleck one came around mm. the same time as yes. Halle Berry, and both of them had very similar scenes of they're like discovering their powers. And I think Daredevil, it was like a basketball scene, the infamous basketball scene. No, it's a basketball scene in oh, Catwoman. That's right, basket. That's that's Catwoman, and in the other one, they were like on a playground. Or yes, something on school, a uh, what's it, seesaw. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. like, "Are you sure you're blind?" And so she's like. He's like, are you sure you're not a fighter? It's like, okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It was like also just kind of like a not too subtle mo- metaphor for like that they're both equal in power and strength. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother. <laughs> Apparently the director's cut has Coolio in it. Did not know that. Oh, wow. No, I know what I'm doing this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be the only guy at Best Buy asking for the director's cut of Daredevil. Yes, please. There's going to be a line of us out there. <laughs> oh, man. Good, good stuff, sir. And also good stuff. We are on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. Rate us five stars. We'll read your review, and you can be our person of the week. Or Co- podcast. Podcast, you know. you know, whatever you want. We, you know, we'll make exceptions. We'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're kind of tweaking things, you know. There's still some work being done in the uh, G4D labs. Yes, we're working diligently on that. <laughs> what would G4D labs look like? I, I, I have no idea what we'd have in that lab. I'm trying. I'm, all I can think of is like Dr. Bunsen Honeydew and Beaker right now. <laughs> it's like, now Adam, today we are going to be extracting the coffee beans. <laughs> That's right, Adam. This is a dark roast. <laughs> I, I think you're more Bunsen Honeydew and I'm more Beaker. I, 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 feel like, <laughs> I feel like me just getting trampled by machinery is just more no! likely to happen. <laughs> no, Beaker. No, John. That's that's the, 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 the bean roaster. You fell in it. Me! <laughs> uh. See, this is what happens. When the coffee hits, yes, it's, it's gross outside. Like I need all the coffee. Plus, it's Monday too, so you got to add in that extra loopiness factor. Yeah, but thankfully, I think we have some really good albums to talk about this time around. Don't you agree, sir? I concur. So first up, let's talk about Flight of the Concords. Ooh, yes. So Flight of the Concords have returned with a live album, live in London, hot off the heels of a recent. Recorded, obviously, HBO performance. Now, for those of you who do not know who Fly the Concords are, they are a duo coming from New Zealand. And they're basically kind of a, you know, mock band of sorts. They yeah, do... they're kind of like a parody folk duo, if you will. Exactly. Fronted by Brett McKenzie and Jermaine Clement. They're both very, very funny guys. 
They can do stand-up. They can do funny songs. They had a hit HBO TV show that only lasted for two seasons, but was really highly acclaimed. Yeah, and, and basically most of the songs that they performed ended up in the show. It was, it was a very musical-based show where they would have different music videos for their songs. So it's almost kind of like there is a comedic aspect, but there's also a visual aspect because you're watching you know, the songs being performed, and there are references in a lot of their songs to the show and the characters that they are involved with. Around 2009, 2010, they had kind of just taken a break from everything, started doing other projects. Yep, Brett did the Muppet soundtrack movie, Mm -hmm. uh, both of them. I know Jermaine started acting a lot more. He was a villain in Men in Black 3. Oh, gosh, you can forget that (laughs) classic. (laughs) And now they've come back around, and thankfully, not only are they coming back around touring again, They've toured through America recently, and then they toured through uh, Europe as well. They also came with new songs, although it doesn't look like they'll be returning to the show. I think they're kind of done doing that sort of thing. Now, the question is, after a long absence, does this band return to form, or is new material really not as memorable? Adam, which do you agree with? I really like their new songs. Good. And I like this live album. It's it's classic Flight of the Concords banter. And if you are a fan of them, you will definitely enjoy this album. I feel like there's a lot of in-jokes, especially they do a lot of the classic songs. Um, Most Beautiful Girl in the Room. They do Bowie. So it kind of peases to the classic fans, but also brings new light into their material. I agree. It's like these guys have not missed a beat here. It really is kind of one of those things that could have just been a letdown, mm-hmm. you know, the the distance that we have been without them. But really, they just kind of jump right back into it, and they haven't lost any of the charm that we really liked about them previously. Yeah, you can definitely... They have a very unique chemistry together, and they both assume the role of the awkward person in certain scenarios, so it, it's funny to hear them bounce off each other like that. The personas that they have on stage are one of the real highlights of them. It's it's interesting because the personas that they have on this album, Live in London, is really kind of carried over from the show itself. You know, they're both kind of like meek, a little bit shy, very dry humor, some humor that, you know, kind of takes a little while to set up. But there's just that really good like you were saying, banter back and forth. It just comes very natural between the two of them. And they just have this thing that just clicks. Yeah. And it's great to see that that hasn't left whatsoever. And it's great to see that the new songs really are actually quite good. Yeah, they're really funny. Um, Kicking it off, actually, the first song is called Father and Son, which is about, you know, kind of a divorce say, but the son is actually like 37 (laughs) <laughs> so it's like a kind of fun things like that and, and the father keeps on saying like you know ever since your mom passed away but really she hadn't she just went off with <laughs> some other guy yeah. yeah i think it it's interesting too because this is also recorded on hbo so you can watch the performance and i think i don't know like when i ever listen when i listen to flight of the concords just normally i think it definitely loses something if you're not watching them perform it because uh, they do have such a really good chemistry together. Like you almost watch it for that chemistry. So there's a lot of moments on this album where they're kind of talking to each other and different instruments are being used. So I really wish I ha- 
watched the HBO performance just so I got more of the comedic effect. Because, you know, there's certain points where it's silent, but the audience is laughing, but you don't know what's going on. Yeah, and they're obviously either, you know, just mugging, making faces, doing reaction faces. Yeah, but also, too, like, let me see here, like, Foodie Fafa, right? That's the exact song I was going to talk about, too. So, you know, when you watch the show, there's things happening, like, you know, he's it's basically a, a parody of, like, basic French. So it's like, oh, you want to say baguette? Oh, we oui, we. Oui. Mm-hmm. So like when you watch the show, they're like handing each other bread and like doing weird things like that. So if like you're not seeing them do it, it loses some of it. And then there's one point on this track specifically where they're obviously doing something on the stage, but we have no reference point for that. Right. So there's something that is kind of lost there. And usually when I've seen them like on other previous HBO shows, if you look at the cover for this album as well, there's different pianos, amps, and drums, and a bunch of different instrumentation. And usually when they play, it's just the two of them on guitar. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really want to see, like, oh, who's playing the drum on this one? Or is there someone else playing? Because you can hear, like, drums and drum machines and stuff. So I'm, I'm, I, I really want to watch it live. I, I really wish that. I kind of did it that first and then kind of listened to it. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, although for me, I actually got to see them on tour when they came to the U.S., they actually played at St. Augustine Amphitheater. Oh, that's cool. And we'll be going there in August. Actually, no, I'm I'm wrong. I'm sorry. It wasn't St. Augustine. No, you they, saw him in New York, right? I well, I did see him in New York, but that was like before. That was like after, like or actually, it was during their second season. Okay. When I saw them recently, it wasn't St. Augustine. They did go there, but I actually went to Fort Lauderdale. Okay. To see them, there was like an amphitheater that was um, no Boca Raton. That's right, because I told you about that, uh, and and you and you said something really funny, and I can't remember what it something is. Something Jewish, probably. <laughs> it's Boca. But um, yeah, it was a f- fantastic show. It was at an outdoor amphitheater that was like in the middle of a mall that was really pink, Florida. So it was, you know, just kind of one of those things Flamingo where Flamingo, Florida mall. <laughs> it was one of those kind of things where it was like just a perfect night. You know, it was it was really great seeing them again, and I, I'm a big big fan of theirs. So for that, for me to see them again, I like I I was just in heaven kind of the whole time. Oh you know, yeah, I, I sure. don't know how else to describe it. They pretty much all the songs that I saw them perform live, they do on this album, and thankfully a lot of the new material that's on here is really strong and still in line with what they've done before. My only complaint is is that with some of them. Yes, it does kind of work better if you're there to witness it, but listening to it as a whole, some of those songs kind of drag out a bit. Yeah, what's the one? Is it Stana? That's like yes. nine minutes long. Yes. Yeah, it's about Satan. <laughs> it's like looking himself in the mirror. And, and it's a good joke. Yeah, but they kind of overdraw it a little bit. They do. They do. And that's not the only time that that happens on this, unfortunately. It's, it's not that it never becomes unfunny. It's just it overstays its welcome. Some of the yeah, songs, yeah. Th- th- that's that's pretty much what it is, and I, I I really think too that the bits in between of them kind of joking back and forth, I almost could have used maybe a couple more of those. Yeah, those I, are always fun. I I really like the banter. There's there's more of it in the beginning. I feel like as opposed to later in the uh, later in the album. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's I I don't know. 
it's it's just a minor complaint i know but those bits of them just talking about silly stuff i can almost listen to a podcast of that and i and i know there's so many podcasts out there but i feel like the flight be, of the concords podcast yeah i'd, I'd be all about that new zealand's about top podcast <laughs> yeah right yeah. i'd be all about that so i'll, I'll go into my final thoughts like kind of just going off of this if you're a flight of the concords fan you're probably already listening to this but if you haven't you need to you definitely definitely need to i think they put out a really great uh vinyl edition of this well you know it's got like different colors on it i think it's actually a three lp set which wow yeah dang right i, I wonder if uh, one of the sides doesn't even have anything on it but you know they are great live and all the things that you know and love about them are there and and that's why i was pleasantly surprised by this it definitely made me feel like i wish some of these songs were recorded so what they did on the initial show is that like some of those songs were re-recorded again when they had signed on to Sub Pop. So Sub Pop put out two of their albums. They had an album that came out after the first season, mm-hmm. and another one came out shortly after the second season. And that extra bit of production value there really added something to those songs. So I'm hoping that eventually they'll get back to the studio and do that with some of these songs. So I think some of them deserve it. It would be kind of nice to see these songs get to really some really good polish behind them. Yeah. Not that they don't work as live songs, not saying that at all. You know, it's just, I don't know. Maybe that's just me really wanting some more fly of the concords and knowing that like when they teamed up with sub pop on those albums, they were really good. So it's just kind of a wish of mine for me. And I, and I know maybe this is just a bit biased on, on, on my end, but I am definitely going to give this an own it. Cool. Yeah. I, it's a very funny album. If you like very dry, very sarcastic kind of slow build-up humor, this is right up your alley. Both of the guys are extremely, extremely talented at their guitars and instruments, and the fact that they can do all this and play at the same time just baffles me. I think as as it is, as it is as it is a great album, I feel like you lose something not seeing it live. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's this energy that's there in the audience that you can't see, but you can kind of feel it with the album. So that kind of took me out of it a little bit. And, you know, if, if I don't know, I'd rather show someone a Flight of the Concords video than listen to a song because with the song, like just listening to it, you lose that element. And I think that's really important. So I think overall this would get a downloaded from me, but it's definitely funny. You should check it out. I think there, you just miss something not seeing them actually doing it live. Agreed. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't disagree with your final thoughts at all. I just know I kept on coming back to this again and again, and that's ultimately why I gave it the higher rating. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm also just... I I couldn't get enough of these guys when they came out. It was, it was just one of those shows that was just... I don't know. It just struck a good chord with me, you know? A concord. Ah, oh. I see what you did there. I, I, I did not intend to set up that pun, but I'm glad you were... Able to knock it out of the park there, sir. No me. So our next artist that we're going to talk about here is actually a really interesting one. And I'm very excited to talk to you about this artist because I don't think we've ever really talked about kind of this genre of music before. I mean, I know we talked about electronic music, but I think this is one of the more interesting ones that we've talked about. So the artist's name is Helado Negro, and it's his latest album, this is how you smile. So he is a Latin folk experimental electronic artist. 
He had several albums previously that came out on Asthmatic Kitty, same label that was uh, founded by Sufjan Stevens and his father. Mm. This now is on a different label, but I think still kind of you know fits in line with his earlier stuff. He's been around since 2009, and he's kind of really just put out these very like low-key electronic albums that are very personable, very, you know, not very loud, not very hectic. Like, I think this is good morning electronic music right here. And he's not only the singer on the sound, but he also plays multiple instruments. So you can play guitar, you can do synthesizers, also a sampler there as well. And he's just about to go on tour uh, through New York and soon Europe. So I think he's going to have a very successful campaign considering how much buzz there has been behind this album. So just a couple other things that I wanted to say of note, he's actually a son of Ecuadorian immigrants and he is born in South Florida in 1980. So big influences on his music here are various Latin American cultures and just Southern Florida in general. So cool. I know you and I, when we were talking about what albums we need to talk about this week, we were both like, yes, we need to talk about this guy. So the question is, there's been a lot of hype around him. Does it meet the hype? I liked it a lot. Yes. Yeah. I, now that you said that Sufjan Stevens kind of found him and was on his label, it makes a lot of sense. It's like very extremely personable. Like I know you've been recommending a lot of electronic music to me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's words and lyrics in this, but you feel like all the emotions on this album. Yes, you Just do. about growing up and, you know, his life in general. And there's a lot of emotions on this, which is, I think, I really liked about mm-hmm. it. And the instrumentation, while different layers are there, it's very simple in its nature, and it kind of just helps it shine even more. Completely agree, sir. Yeah, this was a fun one. Yes, I I agree. I mentioned earlier that this is very much a morning album. That's kind of how I feel about it. There's almost a like innocence to it, very much like a childlike innocence to it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned all the growing up aspects in there too. There are definitely some things in there that like you could definitely identify with. Like you don't have to be from Latin culture there, but they those influences in there are what make this unique and makes it more personable you know when he does switch to you know singing in spanish and stuff it's kind of like it adds the layers and the elements of it and it just goes down so smooth you know my god yeah it's just such a pleasant experience on the ears and i'm sorry if that sounds like something a like npr podcast host (laughs) would say but uh you know it's just one of those kind of things where i was listening to i was just like wow i'm just the vibe that this gives off is very much like putting me in good spirits. Yeah. It really is. You know, songs about young love. Like I said, I mentioned childhood, you know, childhood and growing up with all that kind of stuff. It just feels very personable, but also very identifiable as well. And I'm really glad to hear that that, that you liked it because I kind of felt like, okay, I think I think Adam will like it for these reasons, but I wonder if it would be the same reasons why I like it. So you mentioned the Spanish lyrics there. I'm I'm terrible with Spanish. Did you ever get the sense while listening to those Spanish lyrics that even though maybe if you don't know what he's saying, like it's not translated, you still kind of understood what he was saying? Oh yeah, especially with the there's very ambient elements in this album. 
aligned with like pianos and drums and stuff so you definitely like feel whatever emotion he's trying to convey in that song you know Mm -hmm. it's it's very much i i i haven't i started listening to some of his other stuff like i really didn't hear him until like i really didn't take a deep dive into him until this album and yeah i'm very curious to hear his other stuff too yeah and the topic of immigration is very timely right now but this doesn't do it in a political fashion at least that's not the sense that i got no and it's more just kind of the experience of everything rather yes. than what's currently happening and exactly. how his life was impacted by it mm-hmm. yeah I, th- that's how that's what i took away from it as well i i really see this album kind of being like on best of yearless when it when it's all said and done Obviously, you know, there's some publications that we read that really, really highly put it up there. I think that this guy's, you know, going to be going to um, new heights right here. And I really, really just appreciated just the kind of, I don't know if sunny is the right word, but the atmosphere that comes with this, it, it just kind of it's feels like haunt- warm. Yeah, it's haunting and beautiful all at the same time, but mostly in the beautiful spectrum. I completely agree with you there. Especially the way just like, you know, kind of the drums kick in and especially on the song running, like that whole vibe on running kind of sets mm-hmm. the mood for everything. Oh, that's that's one of, one of my favorite tracks on there. I really, really like that one quite a lot. Um, the uh, Imagining What I Would Do, the second track on there is really, really great. Yep. Uh, I, I mean, really, it's one of those kind of things that's tough to describe over a podcast but it's one of those you got to listen to it kind yes of things. you really you really do it's definitely tough to capture because an album that can make me feel things that are difficult to describe i feel like typically is always going to be a good album yeah so i'll go right into my final thoughts here i i think this one does meet the hype it absolutely does and i'm really glad that we gave this a chance and you know reviewed this here because i want to share this album with everybody else i think everybody else really needs to check it out this is an album that you listen to with headphones on i think Mm -hmm. like this is very much like something where you let it envelop you like you get sucked right into it and you just kind of vibe with it there's just this kind of what's there's just richness to the different layers that he incorporates in this without being overbearing or too experimental like it just goes down so good you know just just an absolute pleasure to listen to a very very sublime experience i think yeah so i'm gonna give this an own it as well nice i'm gonna also give it an own it just the experience of everything you listen to and take in on this album is like super unique and nothing i've really heard this year and i'm really curious to hear more of what he does and from what I was reading, this is kind of the epitome of his sound. So, not saying his other albums will be better or worse, but like if I'm, this is what like the best is. Like I'm excited to hear like where he kind of started from to get to that sound. So I would agree with that. I think, I think he's really hit his stride on this from what I've listened to before. Nice. So cool. Glad, glad to hear you liked it, buddy. Yay, music. Good, 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 good stuff. And as always, continue to check out new artists keep on expanding that palette there your musical palette i almost said musical plate but it's like that wouldn't that wouldn't make any sense like yeah play to music play to music check out this have this yum yeah (laughs) so 
Before we wrap up here, we've got some more artists that we're going to be talking about later on this week. There's been a lot moving and shaking, and we owe you guys stuff. We apologize for the lapse again last week. You know, just sometimes things come up. But we've got new albums from the Cinematic Orchestra and Stefan Malkus? Stephen Malkus? Stephen Malkus? Yeah. Why can I never get his name it's right? It's the guy from Par- oh, Parliament. That. There it is. Pa- Parliament? Parliament? Did I say pavement. That? Pavement. Jesus. <laughs> so I can't say his name right, and you can't say pavement right. That's fine. Well, we'll figure it out. No wonder. It's because the coffee is winding down. Yeah, but also, too, I know Karen O just came out with an album. That's right. Yeah. Jenny Lewis will be coming out with an album soon. Yeah, there's a lot on the horizon here. Oh, too much. It's good. It's a good problem to have. Very good. Sometimes I feel like we can't keep up. I know, right? But we have to. We yes. must. We have to. Journey on. <laughs> must do it for the people that's right um really quick too before we go um uh, my bud who i've had on this podcast jordan esker um his band jordan esker and the 100 percent are coming out with a new music video which is going to be available on march 29th and you can sign up to get it into your inbox if you go to i'm not miserable.com so sign up because jordan's great and his music's great but what if i am miserable well just pretend you aren't you know, <laughs> sign up <laughs> All right, sounds good. I'm very happy for Jordan and all of his success. Playing at Gasparilla Fest or whatever? Yeah, Dave, yeah. He, he played in like this really cool amphitheater thing. He said he got a really great turnout, so I'm proud of him. Proud of him. And also jealous. I've never of, even met him, but you, you, if you love him, I love him too. And, and his bass player has a very beautiful Rickenbacker bass. So I'm very jealous. Yeah, I can tell. He has a nice bass. I can tell. I yeah. can tell. You, you, isn't that the same bass that Paul McCartney plays, right? He plays, he, he has played a Rickenbacker before. Okay. Uh, Scott Pilgrim, the red bass he plays is a Rickenbacker bass. Oh, man. Yeah. I always forget that what's her name? Brie Larson was in that. Oh, and that's the, right. With the, yeah. With Captain Marvel coming out recently, everybody's been saying like, oh, this is her humble beginnings. You know, people making all lame nerd memes. Ugh. I, I feel like that's a new account that needs to be created. Lame nerd memes. There's so many of them. Just, is it? It's called the Nerdist. <laughs> zing zing <laughs> take that chris hardwick oh uh, yeah so screw that guy yeah i don't like that guy nope fake fake that's a fake nerd right there right oh man but i want but i digress <laughs> uh it is such a sad sight when you see no more coffee in your <sighs> mug. it was no tasty more. though it was it was so I, I, I know that we're going to have a long week ahead of us, but we can do it, Adam. At least there's music to guide us and you guys. So reach out to us, send us a message. We're on Instagram, Facebook, email, G4D podcast. Well, no, G4D underscore podcast at gmail.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Music, and our website, G4Dpodcast.com. We love you. Thank you guys for your patience. So stay tuned and stay caffeinated. Amen. And- We'll be back here with another episode of G4D, a.k.a. Grounds for Discussion. Bye. Caffeine-induced antics on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the username G4D underscore podcast. Drop us a line at G4Dpodcast at gmail.com if you have any music suggestions, general questions, or business inquiries. You can find our podcast on iTunes, and John and I would super appreciate if you rated and subscribed to our show. May your cup and heart always be full of coffee, 
good music, and cliche motivational ending sentences. Thanks.